The Amazing People Podcast, Episode 11. Welcome to the Amazing People Podcast, where ordinary people from all walks of life do amazing things in life and business, with your host, Chip Dizard. Welcome to the Amazing People Podcast. I'm your host, Chip Dizard, and I would like to welcome uh, Jason Caston to the program today. Jason, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Hey, Jason. Um, every podcast, I start out with um, the people telling a little bit about your background. I know you are went to the University of Illinois um, on your Facebook bio. It says it was the best four years of your life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to expound on, on your background, just your education, how you got oh, into yeah, technology. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I started out um, with uh, at University of Illinois and uh, was a computer science and uh, mathematics major. And uh, I do say that's the best four years of my life. I did enjoy uh, being down there at the university. They had a high uh, academic standard, but also uh, the uh, social standard was was very good. The social scene was very enjoyable, so I did enjoy that. But uh, that's where I got my first uh, introduction to computer science, more so the programming side. But what I do now more than that is web development. And the way I learned how to do that was not officially in a class or anything like that. I basically wanted to see myself on the internet when I first heard about it, and I'm dating myself, showing my age, but uh, I just created a website just because I wanted to see a picture of myself on the internet, and then uh, after doing that, I found out you can get paid to do it, and that's how the story goes. So you basically, you created your own Facebook, huh? No, <laughs> back then, yeah, see yeah. your face. There we go. Okay. So once you went, um, so you majored computer science, and that's not a major that everybody takes, especially young uh, African-American males. I don't know too many people. I know a few, but, you know, some people don't. So were you in the minority in your class, or, or, or were there pretty people like you in your class, in computer science majors? Well, now that I'm thinking back, um, I remember I had a core group, so I would say it was probably about six of us uh, African-Americans um, in my age group, and that's probably me and uh, about four of us that were my age and then about three that were older, so about seven of us total that we all ran together, a study group, and pretty much any time it came down to any projects or assignments, we looked out for each other and helped each other out, but we were kind of our support group to get us through this, but it wasn't a lot of us at all. It was probably... You're saying in a class, normal class of about 500 to 750 students, it was about six of us. Wow. Wow. That is a very, that's 1%. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so you made it through, uh, through there with your computer science degree. And what, what did you do after uh, University of Illinois? Okay. Let me, let me take you on my journey. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, when I left school in 2000, I started working in corporate America, typical um, nine to five doing websites and uh, let's fast forward ahead because I the the, the things I did were regular web development, um, uh, Photoshop, you know, uh, digital, just digital learning and a lot of stuff along those lines. We fast forward ahead about seven years, eight years, and I had had probably twenty five jobs. Wow! Now, and 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 people laugh when they hear that. And it all works out now because you, when you see what I'm doing now and how uh, good I am at it, you kind of see that I was working towards this and, and getting to this place where I'm able to thrive. But each position was just something that I was just doing uh, for the money. So I was able to be paid quite well in my, in my field of expertise. But I, I would always find a reason to either quit or get fired. I mean, I've been hired on Monday and fired on Thursday. I mean, I've been made through the whole week because they say something like, you know, you can't be on the Internet. 
And then, of course, I'm thinking, well, why would I come to work if I can't play on the Internet? You know, I know you don't expect me to actually work. <laughs> so stuff like that. You know, I mean, and, and, and all that, it was just me learning that I was looking for something more than the actual paycheck. But the problem with that was I was great at interviews and I was really good at what I did. And so therefore, um, but it would only last for a certain amount of time before I would get bored and have to either find another position that excited me or find something more. I just couldn't fit into the corporate uh, uh, pattern of doing the same thing every day, day in, day out. But I just that. And so that's what led to me actually um, packing up, leaving Chicago, going out to L.A., working with a major ministry for the first time with Crenshaw Christian Center and uh, mm-hmm. Pastor Fred Price. And then uh, going from there to Dallas, where I work with uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes now in his ministry to Potter's House. Now, once you got now, tell me how you got from Chicago to L.A. I mean, was it just you just applied online or how, how do you just make that move from corporate America to ministry? I'm just curious. Oh, yeah, that's 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 not even a regular story. I got plenty of stories about this thing I call life. All right. Um, December, I say by December of 2006, uh, me and my wife are uh, living in Chicago, and JetBlue has just came to Chicago. So we, I decided giving away tickets to uh, their new places. One of them was L.A., and she had some family out there. The tickets were about 40 bucks. So, of course, I grabbed tickets for the whole family to go visit her family. We get out there beginning of January. We, uh, you know, the first time I had ever been to um, L.A. in that time frame, and it's winter. I'm thinking from Chicago, it should be cold. It's not. It's 75 and sunny. Yeah. So <laughs> she takes me to the beach she says you know we could actually live like this if you want to move out here our family um, says they would support us so we transition six weeks later we pack everything up we move to LA in the midst of those six weeks I sent in, uh, put my resume out and on uh, you know regular job boards and the ministry actually reached out to me and, and it wasn't a formal um, hi hey how you doing I represent this ministry it was like a real basic email of hey would you like to come work for the ministry and once I started talking to them and, and getting more information, then I realized that what the, who the ministry was. But it was a very vague email at first that I, you normally would overlook. But the, that's how the process was. So we just changed in a matter of six weeks, changed our entire uh, existence from Chicago to L.A. And me leaving corporate America to go work for a ministry whom I said I, w- I would never go work for churches. Mm-hmm. I said that specifically probably about six months before just because they didn't pay, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So go from corporate America to the ministry and then full time. And then let's transition to where you are now and how you got to Dallas, Texas. How did you get to uh, to Dallas? All right. At the end of by mid-2009, me and my wife started looking at solidifying and finally actually figuring out where we were going to live for quite a bit of time. My daughters are getting older, starting school, so we have to get grounded somewhere and can't just pick up and move like we did before. So we decided on Dallas and uh, when um, I came out here, she actually sent my resume to uh, the Potter's house because mm-hmm. I wanted to stay in California and I was adamantly trying to do that. But she wanted a house. You know, the California real estate market is huge. Oh, yeah. Overpriced. Oh, yeah. So she basically started putting things in place for us to come out here. So I ended up uh, getting a call from the Potter's house. They interviewed me. I laid out. Uh, what I could do for the ministry in the interview, which is this, the table of contents in my book is what I laid out to them saying, this is what I can do before mm-hmm. the book was even done. And they loved that. They hired me. And uh, and then we just transitioned and uh, moved out here. 
Well, good. Now let's talk about your your book. And and first of all, working so people know you work for Bishop T D. Jakes. I mean, the biggest uh, minister on uh, of the planet. <laughs> you know him, Joe Osteen, and I don't know anybody else. So that could be a little daunting for a lot of people to go in. I mean, you were at Faith. You were at World Changers right before, right? Oh, uh, Crenshaw, Crenshaw, yeah, Crenshaw with the prices, and now you go to the Potter's house, so that could be a little bit to some people that could be like very intimidating, and you know it seems like you took it just in stride. Yeah, hey, it's just another job, right? Another code, it's the same code right. you use there, you use here, you know. Um, tell me about just the trans, not only the transition, but the eye church method. I know that's your book. You have a five step plan, and and just talk a little bit about that for churches. There's a lot of people who are going to listen who are into ministry and and trying I help a lot of churches with social media and and, and just branding so talk about that all right first I'll talk about the transition then I'll talk about the book because they tie in together the transition um, it wasn't as as much as difficult as I thought it would be because at Crenshaw they basically told me to when I came on as a web developer they told me to basically take over their entire internet presence they didn't have the they weren't getting the effect, uh, impact that they wanted, and they didn't have anybody on staff with the expertise, so I was hired on to do that. So I revamped that basically by coming up with a strategy that I put inside the iChurch method, and I told them, we need to start off with uh, changing up your websites, then let's look at the multimedia that's on the websites, let's look at the e-commerce part, the online donations, the online store, let's rebuild that, let's look at the social media and let's look at the strategy of that and how to impact that. And then let's look at mobile. So I looked at those five steps and built a strategy for Crenshaw Christian Center. So when I came to TD, to TD Jake's Ministries, I in the interview, I told them, though, those are the five areas that I'm, I'm very good in and this is what I can do. Of course, when you're hired on at TD Jake's Ministries, you're working with a variety of people that are very good at what they do. So I was kind of wondering how I would fit in. But what I realized was they gave me the same freedom that I had at uh, the other ministry of here's what we hired you to do. We know what you're good at. Now start blazing this new trail because a lot of the things that I, I was doing with the ministry, they weren't doing uh, already or they weren't doing effectively. For example, they were rolling out a new website. So they were changing their, their web presence. They were not really into social media at all. So I started building them social media um, uh, Facebook pages and, and Twitter and getting them involved and giving them strategies for that. And then uh, also with the digital downloads, they weren't doing that. But you see now they weren't broadcasting the conferences and the online church that they have now. So a lot of stuff, I had a strategy of what I wanted to do. And I just started basically moving and shaking and implementing each of these things because it wasn't happening. So therefore, there's no standard as far as me trying to elevate and, and, and compete with anybody on staff, I was blazing my own trail, but I also had the support of everybody on staff so I could push out all the content. And as we started having more success, well, then we built teams out around uh, a lot of the things that I was doing, and it just started to grow, and it just exploded. So much so that we just passed a million people on Facebook from when I started using it in 2010. When I got there, it was 2,000 people, I want to say, maybe less. Wow, on the Potter's House or TD Jakes Ministries, or is it the same? Uh, we just split the Potter's House off, but they were always the same up until about a couple months ago. Okay, okay. All right, and I noticed also you have not only just the main sites, you have sub-sites for, you know, Manpower Conference 2012 and other things. How did that all work? And did that all come in when you started, or was this all rolled out uh, gradually? You have a lot of sub-sites as well. 
Yeah, we do. We do. And this was something that they were already doing. They always build sub-sites for the main events. Of course, the conferences and when all the conferences were together one time in which they utilized an event called MegaFest. We always build sub-sites for these events and also for some of the ministries. So basically, when you take all this into account and you look at the book I wrote, The iChurch Method, it's, it's a brain dump of me taking a typical week and writing down everything that I touched and that I did and basically giving ministries a way to utilize these strategies and these methods to help advance their ministry, as well as the technical aspect. I wrote it from a dual perspective. Well, every chapter has two sides to it. The first part of the chapter is strategy. Why are we doing what we do? What is the strategy and what is the thought process behind it? And then the second part is the tech part for whoever, whoever has you know technical people on staff, if pastor may want to do it himself, or he'll be educated enough to have a conversation to hire somebody and not get ripped off. I show screenshots of how you do it. You want to set up a podcast? Here's the screenshots of how to do it step by step so that people are able to uh, basically utilize technology for their ministry and not feel like it's um, it's passing them by or something they can't grasp. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's key because a lot of people will just do a flyer and, you know, it'll look like the typical church flyer or just a typical flyer. And there's really no strategy behind that. I think that's very important, now, along with the technical stuff, because people usually focus on one or the other. You're doing both in, 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 right. in, in, in your book. Now, tell me about now working with all of the sites and and all the stuff that you're, you're, you're doing. I mean, do you have a staff? Is it just you or just, uh, just tell me? I mean, because it's a lot of work, it looks like. <laughs> it is a lot of work it is a lot we have we have a staff my the team that i'm on the uh, social media and new technology team is uh we have a manager and then we have two graphic designers we have two developers that are like myself each person has their own distinct role for example a typical week the manager of course is take care of everything meeting with the execs and making sure we stay on track the one graphic designer focuses on all the national stuff. So that would be stuff you see like conferences, building the sites, e-blast, uh, all the outward-facing digital media. Then you have the um, other graphic designer who focuses on the local. That's the stuff for the potter's house, the church, the internal ministries. Then you have the one developer who's working on building sites and uh, might just, just, just websites and do e-blast. And then you have someone like me. My role is kind of – I have multi-facets of my role – my main focus is social media strategy, social media tech stuff, mobile uh, apps and websites, and then um, I help out with the regular websites if they need me to. And then I'm also in charge of what's new coming down the line. I have to make sure the ministry is able to stay um, updated with whatever's new. So, for example, t- Internet TV is coming down the line. You're hearing about Roku and Apple TV, and I'm building the channel for our ministry now so that as soon as we're ready to roll that out, which we probably will do for the next conference that, uh, you know, the ministry is able to take advantage of those opportunities. So that's, that's kind of what, what my job is. Make sure we're always out on the frontier, the cutting edge. And one thing I did notice about the site, and I've been following the Potter's House site for a little bit, even before I knew that you were in, involved in it. And I noticed that it all before it didn't have the all same family of looks. Now everything is kind of branded the same way it's consistent the manpower conference you know what i mean i know that was intentional right. too i know that's intentional because the potter's house website didn't look like this years ago if i go back on archive.org i remember it truly so i know it, it you've, been, you've been through a lot of iterations of this thing you know <laughs> yeah absolutely and that and that's the that's what you what you're seeing is the consistency of um our manager pushing that through the same pretty much the same designer um 
building out the family of sites and then the same uh, functionality and pro- programmatically the stuff that we're doing, you're seeing a cohesiveness of everybody coming together with their thoughts for each project and having it have the same uh, the same look and feel so that people get comfortable with our family of sites and know what to expect. But not so much that it gets boring because we always got something new for you every time we roll something out. Yeah, and I think that a lot of churches uh, don't really realize that. They'll have two different sites and it'll be two like totally different navigation for the conference and this and you know i think sometimes less is more when it comes to to this now let me ask you about social media a lot of people talking about social media of course facebook and twitter and you talk about this in your book and you talk about church in the cloud mobile ministry but i want to talk about a social media first and then i want to go into mobile uh mobile ministry now tell me how you reached up to a million people on your fan fan page i mean uh, what was the process there had to be some things that you that you did strategically to get that Oh, absolutely. We started with a strategy from day one. The original strategy was, um, and I, I hope I'm not giving away too much here. Well, but actually, a little bit. Just give a little bit. <laughs> yeah. now, let's, 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 let's give it all away. It's all, it's all good. Okay. Um, starting off, we started off with, uh, we wanted to um, provide information, inspiration, and communication. So you start off with, uh, or inspiration, um, your daily devotionals. We always start out with a good word from um, one of Bishop's books or his quotes to start the day and end the day. So if you look at our Facebook, you'll see it in the beginning, nine, eight, nine in the morning. And then you also see it come back again at 11 or midnight, mainly for um, uh, for the churches that are out there. The reason we do it at night, because people can understand doing it in the morning, start the day. The reason we do it at night is we have a large following in um uh, across the, the pond uh-huh. in uh, Africa and European um, continents and those different time zones. So when we send that stuff out at night to us here in the States, they're getting it in the morning there. So that was the thought process behind that. But keep everything inspirational, always uplift people. Um, and then next was informational. What's going on with the ministry? We started looking at all the things we were doing and how can we push out at least you know one to two things a day of what we're doing, whether it be the Potter's Touch TV show, the weekly sermon, um, you know, new products, uh, what's going on with the internal ministries. We just had so much stuff that we weren't conveying to people that they were able to get right where they're at. Um, and then the third thing was communication. So when people, uh, they want to open the lines of communication to the ministry. So when someone wants to say something and they always want to communicate with uh, Bishop Jakes, that they were able to have an open line. Now, Facebook, he would get on quite a bit, but not as much as Twitter. Twitter is the easiest way to get in touch with Bishop Jakes, even more so than going through the official channels of his, uh, you know, his secretary and making appointments, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Talk to him on Twitter. He's a Twitter fanatic. So that's wow. that was the strategy behind what we were doing. And the, it really blew up when it started. It stopped being just fun, focusing on pushing stuff out through Facebook and Twitter, but also making uh, uh, all the other uh, marketing materials, whether it be online or offline. Uh, the brochures for any type of events, we let them know. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and uh, just basically we let them know that no matter what, whatever social media network you're using, on, on whatever device you have in your possession, the ministry is there. Wow. And then all the movies and, you know, I know the thing with Sparkle, he's producing and he's yeah. produced and other stuff. So he actually answers people on Twitter sometimes. I know not often, but he actually answers uh, uh, people on Twitter. So I see. Uh, but I guess that, that that's a great strategy. So real quickly, talk about church in the cloud. I know you, you talk about that when you give speaking engagement, but talk about just real briefly uh, what you mean by church in the cloud. 
But Church in the Cloud, actually, that's that's the next uh, version of the book that I, um, I've I Church met the book that I'm coming out with. The one that we have out now is How to Advance Your Ministry Online, and that's the basic um, fa- uh, strategy or foundation of what I'm really getting at with the I Church method. Church in the Cloud is actually going to take everything to the next level, where how do you utilize the cloud more as as a church, um, as a concept and strategy. For example, um, a lot of churches are not aware of how they can basically use their use the cloud as their whole entire IT infrastructure. So, so stuff like that, we're using um, Google Apps and as your email and your uh, Microsoft Office software and not having to pay inordinate amounts of money to, for licensing fees. Uh, a lot of churches don't have the budget for that. So I'm going to teach them how to utilize the cloud as basically a way to bring down those IT costs but still have the impact of a large mega church, whether you're a Bible study in somebody's uh, you know uh, living room, or you're a storefront church with a few hundred members, or what have you. If you look at the software that's available in the cloud right now, like say Google Apps, Dropbox, um, Basecamp Project Manager software, you have the tools that a Fortune 500 company has um, at your disposal for a fraction of the price. So um, I was doing an interview the other day, and they were asking me what would I I do with $10,000, a $10,000 budget. And I said, 7,500, I would put away to save. And I took like uh, maybe about 500 of that and used it on the software that I was, I'm ta- I'm explaining to you. And then the other 2000 was buying Mac stuff. Cause that's ah, okay. Good man. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but you're right. I think, I think people uh, look at the Potter's house or they look at uh, where you were before or they look at Lakewood or, you know, any large mega church and say, there's no way that my 300 person congregation can, can do this, but it's not, things have come down considerably. Of course, they're not going to have as many human resources as, as you all have, but I've seen that right. churches can do amazing things with, with, with a fraction of the cost. Like you said, $10,000, you can do a lot of good work, right? with that money. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, not that you mentioned that that's part of my role is every time I bring a solution to them, they ask me uh, what would be the impact, you know, how, how many people could we reach and what's the cost. So if, if I'm coming there and saying we can do, uh, we can make online video available to a million people for $60 a year, that would be Vimeo.com. Mm-hmm. Then that's the same thing as a, a ministry, a small time ministry can use that $60 a year and pay that in their budget as well. Yeah. That's what a large ministry mega church is using, what a variety of them are using. Um, and so therefore, it's, even though it looks like it's really expensive, it's mm-hmm. not. It, I think these smaller churches, these pastors just need access to resources like the I Church Method or resources like myself to say, look, I can tell you how to do it for the amount of money that is in your personal bank account mm-hmm. and you'll still you'll have the impact of a mega church you just have i just you just need the information that's all yeah and i noticed on the the tdjakes.org you all do uh vimeo embeds and some people were like shocked when i saw it i was like whoa they use vimeo they don't use like jw player or, or some other kind of you know <laughs> embedded play but vimeo is a very good resource i mean i use it often so I, I i really know so i want to talk real quick and then uh we're going to talk about just how to get in contact with you about mobile ministry that's a big big deal right now talk about oh. mobile ministry and where 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 it's going oh man mobile ministry is the uh and mo- the mobile revolution is the most impactful uh development of technology we will see in our lifetime um and and just because of how fast it has 
transform the way we communicate. Right now, um, there are, I, I, don't, I can't remember the last number, but it was so many billions of mobile devices that are, out, uh, that are on our planet right now. And kids ranging from, you know, two or three year olds able to use an iPad or iPhone are, are able to just utilize these devices so easily. And we just can't imagine where, how, what type of devices those kids will use when they grow up. But anyhow, in ministry, um, the, the, the benefit of a mobile device is you're able to take the ministry to the person um, no matter where they're at. And so with that type of understanding, we started developing our mobile strategy first with uh, a mobile website and we made sure that uh, all the multimedia was accessible from that, in addition to um, a lot of the uh, inspirational information and, and just the informational aspects of the ministry. Then, once we got done with the mobile websites, we looked at mobile apps. And the reason I say mobile website first and mobile apps is because in conferences I get asked the question, which should I do, a website or an app? First is a website because that reaches more devices and because um, you can program it to reach the majority of devices and then go for the app, which is specific to Apple or Android or Windows Mobile. So that, that mobile, we look at mobile ministry as some, an impactful and probably in a typical uh, weekend service, 40 percent of our online viewers who are watching the service live are mobile. Wow. Um, we have we have over hundreds of thousands of people watching our um, the, on, the TV show online from their mobile devices. That's what mm-hmm. makes our numbers skyrocket in terms of online views and stuff. Because people just want the ministry to be brought to them. They don't, uh, we're not having, not seeing as many people come into the church building, but that does not mean as many people are not receiving ministry. They just see that the ministry is leaving the walls and being brought to them. Wow, wow, wow. We can go on all day. We're almost out of time here. But Jason, how can people get in contact with you and purchase your book and follow you on Twitter? Uh, give us all your contact information for to get the book and information and your blog. Uh, I- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow me uh, or follow me on Twitter at Jason Caston, uh, the C A S T O N, or at iChurchMethod. You can uh, reach me uh, online www.iChurchMethod.com, and on there you can purchase uh, the book. The book is on Amazon, um, uh, ebook, uh, Barnes and Noble, um, iBooks uh, for your iPad, and um, in, in all your major uh, book, book outlets. Okay, that is great. I mean, you have so many things going on. I know you, you're a sought-after speaker all over, and you're going all around and stuff like that. So, And you have, you have a day off, one, one, hopefully one, one time at least a week or two days, maybe, like most of us, or no, no days. But, hey, man, thanks so much for uh, being here, and I really appreciate your ministry and all the knowledge. And, and I, by the way, I have, I have your book here, and I started it, and it is so far it's just I'm underlining constantly in it. And, and this is stuff that I know <laughs> – but I'm sharing this with other pastors in my area because I think it's such good information. So I really appreciate what you have written about and your future books that you'll, you'll, you'll reach because a lot of people need this information. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. So thanks a lot. We're here. My name is Chip Desire. This is another episode of the Amazing People Podcast, and we will see you soon. <laughs>